ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the SAP. It is your boy Dave Neal, the Sex Actually podcast. I'm <laughs> already coughing. Oh, how's the next hour going to go? Well, you know, you coughed on the opening line. Hello, everybody. Good to see you. This is the first I'm speaking this morning. You ever just get work done and then all of a sudden you're like, I haven't spoken out loud. I haven't talked to anybody. It's kind of a nice feeling. I have nonstop conversations within my head. Nonstop. Do you guys do this? I don't know if I'm, I don't think that makes me schizophrenic. I've got my inner narrator. The guy that's like, Dave's walking down the street, you know, kind of just talking to himself. And then I got the guy that's like, uh, dude, you, you really want to take a nap? You feel like you've done enough today, you piece of crap? I got that guy. I got like a dad in my head. I got like a, you know, a mean dad who's like, you haven't done enough. Anyway, folks, so I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to come to you guys today with, uh, with the positive voice in my head. The one that's like, hey, things are going okay. We're doing the best with the information we have. We're trying hard. The law of attraction is going to provide for us. Let's be positive. You know, how do you be positive but not toxic positive? You know, that's the problem, right? There's a toxicity to everything, right? They call it tox, uh, toxic positivity. That's when you're just too, like, hey, no, everything's okay. My car was stolen. They uh, punched me in the spleen. Everything's just fine. There's that. Then there's, all right, how do we recover from all of our traumas so we don't give ourselves a life sentence? And I think that's where we need to be, right? How do we recover from a bad day yesterday or a stubbed toe this morning and not parlay that energy into worse energy? How do we parlay it into something good? Law of attraction. Everything's got an equal and opposite reaction, right? So, you know, you stub your toe or you have a bad day or you get fired. Look, those things suck. By all means, you get dumped. They suck. But what are you going to do with the energy that comes from that? What are you going to do when you recover and want to fight forward and realize I'm not going to go out without a fight? And that's where kind of the, the, the positivity comes from, from dark situations. Now, I've gotten a bunch of people messaging me lately because uh, as you guys know, for the audio only audience, you guys know on YouTube, we got about 90 plus percent women are the demographic on my channel, which is a lot of women because YouTube generally is more of a male dominated platform, not by crazy amounts, but men, men be going on YouTube. Okay. So we've got primarily women and a lot of them are asking a lot of the same questions about dating advice. So this video is going to be a little bit of what, what my guy's opinion would be, um, you know, heterosexually speaking for what women should be doing or not doing to attract a partner that would highlight them that would be the dessert to their main course and all that jazz you know because in today's world i get it look i don't need no man it's like of course yeah that's the place we need to be we need to be in a place where nobody needs anybody else we talk about codependency i got a question today about this tell me about your codependency experience i'm the type every you know when, when you look at your past when you look at, uh, for me, codependency flare-ups, you know, you're talking about jealousy, going on people's social media to see, you know, feeling horrible, a relationship's over. It's always, it's for the most part happens when a relationship's either ending or ended for me. That's when I have been at my worst because everything that I knew was kind of, um, you know, no longer in my control. And I think that's part of it with a codependent is wanting control, wanting to know like, look, I'm not... 
I don't have unreasonable expectations for like what time I want Tasha to call me if she's out of town or this or that. But a codependent in their flare-ups would lose their mind if there's a scenario where they're like, I haven't heard from them and this and that. And that kind of was me early on in my relationship. You know, I've always been on the side of not wanting to air out whatever dark jealousy or things I feel. I'm not wanting for people to see that. So I think for Tasha, it was hard for her to see me as anything other than like a cool hand Luke. Like, oh yeah, go have fun with your ladies. And by all means, I feel that way. But like at the end of the night, if I haven't heard, like that's when that's when the receipts for all of my past issues would emerge. So I look at scenarios like this, an ex-girlfriend who's, um, you know, boyfriend was still in the picture. This happened to me several times. I feel like this is a probably probably a pretty common thing because it's happened to me several times. And because we live in a society where with social media, you don't always end things with an ex. Now, you might be like done with an ex, but, you know, mentally, emotionally, you know, they talk about emotional cheating and the gray areas of still being friends with someone. So in two different circumstances... Actually, three, if you want to apply Tasha to this, my girlfriends still had some form of communication with their ex, which I think there's a healthy version of that. But I think at the same time, it's kind of like, what do you like? You Do you understand what that makes me feel like if you're going? So like t- take for take Tasha, for, for example, because in our relationship, we've done a good job of overcoming our issues. Now, I bring my own set of issues to the table that trigger Tasha and she brings her own issues that trigger me. And that's kind of what a good relationship does is it helps you expose the dark things. You might not realize if you're single, living alone, not being forced to communicate with others or whatever the case might be. So in a relationship, it's always less about like, oh, all the sacrifices you need to make and more like, well, you need to learn how to be courteous to somebody else because they come from a different line of thinking as you do. You know, I laugh all the time with Tasha at like some of the funny things she'll say. And I'm like, I, my brain wouldn't have thought that. My brain wouldn't have thought that. Um, t- t- she was cleaning. She was, she pulled a uh, mug out of the dishwasher today and she goes, oh, there's still dishwasher trash in it. And I, that, that was the funniest thing in the world to me. I was like literally on the floor laughing because I was like, you called it dishwasher trash. And she was like, what would you call it? And I was like, I don't know, like residue. Like to me, like her, I was just like, it's, it's, it's beauty to see how other people's minds work because we're all different. What we internalize, we can't be mind readers. We only can operate with what we know. You know, we're getting ready for a travel day. We're, we're getting ready for a big travel day and we haven't traveled much. The easiest way for Tasha and I to get in a fight is traveling easiest way because she gets anxiety she wants the house immaculate she wants all these things and for me i'm the type and again i'm not saying my way is the right way i'm the type that's like all right turn the lights off let's go grab a shirt is it clean put it in the thing is it dirty leave it i'll leave the house destroyed and then when i come back it'll be destroyed she likes to have the house immaculate you know we have a dog sitter that comes and stays with us all these different things immaculate when we come back, the house is clean. And that's a nice thing. So for for me to accept what she wants, that's actually a benefit to my chaotic life. And there's plenty of situations where even though it might feel like you're going across the grain, a partner can bring out the best in you. But this conversation's about the negative side. So with Tasha, her, her, one of her exes is like a photographer. And she want, needed to get some 
still photos taken. This is before, you know, even you could, now you can do it on your iPhones, but this is like five years ago. You couldn't, you needed like a good, you needed a good photographer. And it was Easter morning. I'm driving for Uber. We were going to go to some event later on, but I was driving in the morning to make a few extra bucks, which when I look back at those times in my life, I am disgusted at how much time and energy I spent with these side hustles. Not that there was a better option, but I have wasted so much of my time sitting in my car driving strangers around for not much money. Uh, So thank you guys very much for all of you that have donated. It is very much appreciated. The point is she had to get these, um, she had to get these stills taken in her bikini. And, and again, that part it doesn't even that, that part didn't even bother me because I understand the gig. She had, you know, when you go to a casting, they want to get your photos taken, you know, just to see if you look the same in your photos as you do in real life. Up to date. What do you look like today? Totally get it. She was like, Oh, I'm gonna ask whatever his name is to take the photos. And I was like, All right. I was like, you know a bunch of photographers. Why do you have to ask your ex? And she was like, Oh, it's just easy. I don't want to bother anyone else. And and in her mind, it was. It was easier to ask an ex than to ask, like, another photographer she knows. But in my mind, it was like, well, that's not easier on me. Like, that's, that, that, that's like a boyfriend wants to provide value. I'm sure a girlfriend, too, wants to provide value. And it's like, you got to go seek that value out of someone else. So for, it was almost like my love language was being robbed because she was going to let an ex help her. And a separate ex would watch the used to used to watch the dog and she was like well he and again it was their dog so like there there was a point there and tasha was more concerned with the dog being safe than whether or not you know there was no like in her in her mind that exes were never going to come back into her life that's not what it was but in my mind it was yeah but there's no such thing as a free lunch so by you asking your ex for a favor it kind of leads to them even either asking you for a favor whatever it it puts some something into the ether that's like uh, an exchange and it's like what are we doing now you know like i wouldn't ask my ex to watch the dog i wouldn't ask my ex to do a favor for me or this or that so so and, and that was something i had to communicate with her to be like look I'm never going to tell you to not do something or do something a certain way, but you need to know how it makes me feel. So that way, if you decide to do this, you know that you're doing that with, and again, this is a scenario where like, I'm not a bad guy, but I could have, I could have also just like pushed it down and not said anything. But I think it's important to be like, I want to let you know when something's bothering me. Now, as a codependent, you don't want, you don't want to change someone else's, like, I don't want to make her feel guilty or, or whatever, uh, to please me because then she would be sort of acting codependent towards me. But there is like a mutually sort of like agreed upon uh, respect for each other. You know, that's what's funny with the show Bachelor when there's like um, fantasy suites, right? Like this season, there's going to be the fantasy suites on Bachelorette. And for sure, there's going to be some drama that comes down from like one guy thinking he's the guy and then, the, and then she's got to go hook up with another guy. And it's like, in a normal relationship, you set those boundaries, and if you decide not to work within those boundaries, then the contract can be null and void. And you say, look, we decided we are going to be monogamous together. If that's not what you want anymore, then just tell me and we'll move on, and it'll suck and this and that. So it comes down to communicating. It comes down to like setting expectations, but also learning in a new relationship with when something triggers you or bothers you to look inwards. So for like me, I could be upset that Tasha what, wanted to do the photo shoot with her ex or, or that her ex, or in another scenario, her ex was selling his car and she needed a new car. And she's like, why don't I buy his? And I'm like, come, come on. Like you like, and again, this is where she looks at something, not from a place of like, like I look at it from like, 
my this is my lion's pack. We are in a pack. We got our tribe. And you're going to buy a car off of this guy? Like, to me, it was like, what are you doing? To her, it was like, someone I know is selling a car. I need a car. I'll buy the car. It's not a big deal. And I was like, come on. This is garbage. You know what I mean? We're going to drive away. There's a tire's going to pop. And I'm going to be like, oh, your ex is tight. You know what I mean? It's going to be gross. And, um, but we just, we looked at things differently. She was very, she's very practical in certain ways where I'm, I may be more emotionally driven to be like, really? That's not, you know, I want to be in a, I want to be in a place where I can provide so that you don't, so that these conversations don't need to happen or we're pen, uh, you know, penny pinching our friend who's going to watch the dog for us. Like we paid, we paid them a certain amount of money and I was like, let's pay them an extra hundred bucks. Like if we can afford to pay them a little bit more and show that generosity to them. We love the dog. We love them. Let's share as much as we can with others. And, get, and so getting, so essentially it's like this, because I know this is going to be all over the map. Getting, and it already is, getting to a place where we can be our best versions of ourself breeds such a better response from others and from ourselves versus being in a place of despair. Jealousy comes from when you're not getting everything fulfilled in a relationship and you start to have all these other questions about the other person what are they doing sometimes early on in a relationship you don't know each other's commitment level you know once we were like officially dating that the jealousy for me was never like is she gonna leave it was in in honestly in my current relationship i didn't have a jealousy like jealousy is a weird thing because she's always tasha's always been very loyal and i think what she loves in me is the fact that i chose her even when on her darkest ugliest days of feeling, you know, inadequate or this or that. I choose her. And I think, I think, and I can't speak for her, but I think that that really resonates with her because she's been in situations where she wasn't chosen. And not to say she doesn't love me and all that other jazz, but knowing where each other stands is so important. Now, when you're dating, when you're in the dating world and you're new to things, you don't know where someone else stands. So you got to have some weird form of blind faith you have to trust your intuition. You got to know red flags when you see them and not let someone walk all over you. But even with all of your um, traumatic baggage that we carry, you have to sort of put that aside and give everyone the best shot because if you take all of your bad experiences and bring them to a first conversation with someone, they're not going to want to be with you. And if they do, chances are they're going to be a negative Nancy too. You're going to start off on the wrong foot. So... um, when it comes to the general question I've received, let me have a dramatic sip of my coffee, which is this from my bachelor audience. They say, Dave, give us dating advice. Now, I assume they don't want relationship advice. They want advice to find somebody. Take the next step, cross that bridge when you get to it. Finding somebody. There was a girl that I was good friends with in college. I don't stay in touch with her at all. She's a friend of a friend. Uh, I wish her the best. I get information every few months from that friend group of how everyone's doing. But, you know, I wish her the best. But in college, this friend group was big into uh, the law of attraction. They were big into vision boards, speaking things into existence. And I've always been the type to make fun of that type of stuff, even though I, too, believe in that. I believe in the frequencies that this energy level that vibrates and keeps us all together and keeps us bonded, not just you and I, but it keeps myself from falling into dust. The, the, the chi that flows through us is one that can be harnessed at a different level. A power lifter, before they're going for their record 
you know, uh, push up, or I mean, the record a bench press, they're literally slapping each other, ba- pounding themselves in the chest, acting like an ape. They're dumping testosterone and adrenaline, and they're coming. They're 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 harnessing their energy in a level that's going to translate to in an increased amount of torque and and an increased. I mean, it's like you know that that when so, when you know there have been stories when a car's flipped over that people have inhumane levels of strength to flip a car back over to save a life because of what happens in these fight or flight moments for us. Now, we we know that exists in a way that is to save lives, to get us out of situations. We know this this uh, um, godlike energy that passes through us in moments of like fending someone off. You know this fight or flight moment. We know that exists. How do we create a similar? energy that that tunes into love okay how do we create a similar energy that tunes into sexiness love confidence when you go out to meet somebody it's very much counterintuitive where you need to be your own orb of energy and you need to trust that somebody else will feel that energy and see that radiation, even if it's not the naked eye. We have our uh, pituitary glands and things that way above my pay grade that literally feel intuition. They release certain, uh, th- you know, we, we, we have all these chemical things that make us trust other people or not trust them. And we need to get back to tapping into that. Now, the idea that my friend had a vision board as much as I was like, would make fun of her as a joke, you know, oh, yeah, you know, she have like, you know, a couple of guys, Leonardo DiCaprio on it, this and that. In order to really want something and, and really attract something into your life, you have to have some semblance of what that is. So a lot of people are attracted to like their dads, like, you know, a lot, I mean, a lot of people are attracted, and it sounds kind of weird to say, but it's like, well, that's the first man that loved you. That's the first man that provided for you. That's the first man that, made you feel you and comfortable in some cases and in some cases not. But the the thing is, is what you're looking for in a partner is energy, right? And the, okay, so this goes, this is obvious to me, but it, you know, I say energy, some people say power. Energy, power, whatever you want to call it, we're attracted to energy. And um, a lot of women are attracted to humor. Humor is a very, and I'm not saying this to pat myself on the back, because trust me, I've got nights where I bomb and ain't nobody attracted to me. But humor is a skill set that will transcend your bank account. It will transcend a lot of situations that we create in the world, these these kind of like pseudo boundaries and pseudo class systems. If you have humor, that is one of the quickest ways upwards, upward mobility um, for women. Women are trapped because there's plenty of guys that, that might have the looks or have this or that, but a lot of women are attracted to humor, but also a lot of women are attracted to athletes or musicians, people that seemingly stick out from the mold. Now, it doesn't mean you're not going to end up with a guy who works at Enterprise, has a nice career, health insurance. You know, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean every outlier has to be true, like everyone's into a rock star. But what is it about a rock star, a comic on stage, someone who you know invents things or is witty on their social media? What is it about them that separates them from others? And usually it's a few things. It's a belief in the self. It's a comfortability because you don't get to be a rock star without years of just really feeling you. 
you know, you wear women's high heels and, uh, you know, pleather spanks or whatever that you're doing out there. And, and, and people go nuts for that because it's like, I'm going to be, I'm going to do me as a comic. You talk about your darkest secrets. You talk about your darkest moments in life. People laugh at that. They're attracted to that. So to build the energy is to build the confidence. Now, we got, you got to look at when you meet someone like Shark Tank, right? Because a lot of people say, well, what, give me some dating advice. The advice is get the value of your company as high as humanly possible, not for somebody else, but for yourself. In return, others will want to invest in it. Now on Shark Tank, they get the, you know, the people show up, they present their product, and then the sharks say, all right, for 10%, I'll give you 100 grand or whatever the case may be. They find, they find like a fair value and they invest in that because they believe in that. You would never invest in money in something you didn't believe in. doesn't mean it always pays off, but for the most part, you invest in things you believe in. So a partner is an investment. They believe in you. You believe in them. Now, if you're with a partner and you don't really believe in them, then that's that's the energy level that's keeping you in that relationship, so you're no better, okay? If you're with a loser, in that moment, you're no better. You might have potential energy, but you're not using it. You are no better, Tasha and I talk about this. She dated a guy that she calls a loser. And I always go, why'd you, why'd you call this guy a loser? Oh, you know, he wasn't this and that. And, and, and she'll, she'll tell you like it, she re, it reflected in her mood that like she was stuck in a relationship and stuck, you know, with something that wasn't like transpiring. And it's like, you're no better than the loser you're with. <laughs> Doesn't mean you don't have the chance to be better in a second when you change your perspective, when you change the boundaries you set and all that. Part of the things for codependents to overcome their codependency is to learn to put the self first. I struggle with this all the time, all the time. Very hard for me to, to, and so sometimes Tasha might think I'm very like bullheaded because I'll like make a choice. And it's like, in my mind, it's like, no, I'm making this choice because if I don't, I know I'm like giving into being a people pleaser. Um, I've done a lot of work on this, but I think like anything codependency will exist within you, the ability to be that person, the ability to be a people pleaser. And it's sort of like a daily practice to like, to be like, you know what, while I'm going to, while I'll be the first one to help others out, I need to know when I need to take care of myself first. I'll tell this to Tasha. I'll say, you know what, I'm going to need to go for a jog. I just can feel that I'm not, you know, like I'll, I'll make videos all day long. And then at the end of a long day, I'll be like, I feel drained and I need to restore that. And a lot of ways I do that is going on a run, listening to some music. That's where I get back to my base level. I, I haven't yet since I started doing this full time, this being YouTube, you know, like I'm talking full time, like 20 plus videos a week. I haven't hit a wall. I haven't hit a, a bottom or, or, uh, but I've, I've come close. And I just, I think I just exist at that period in my life where I know what that wall feels like. I know what that crash feels like. It's like, if you know, you're hungry, you start to be agitated, like go get some food, do, you know, there's scenarios in which you don't have that option and you got to bang some workout or do something. And you just kind of, you know, we've had those nights where you don't get a good sleep and you just need to ride. You just need to muscle through the next day, but just know that that's not your best version of yourself. So when it comes to dating advice, the best thing you can do is to increase your energy to the highest level. I don't mean showing up and be like, hey, you know, like some crazy, you know, caffeinated person. I mean, everything you do, mind, body, and soul. Let's start with the body. Taking the best care of yourself is a baseline start. I'm always guilty of succumbing to my sort of like basic uh, in-the-moment wants of Chinese food. We're, the, we're such gluttons. 
We really are when it comes to like, what do we want now? I, I went to bed like feeling gross last night because I ate way too many of these shitty chili cheese fries. Ugh, they were. They, I, I know they sound good in theory, but I, it was disgusting. And I was like, am I going to yak this up? Because I have been eating so good. I have been uh, eating very well and this and that. So when it comes to like, look, body positivity, there is do the best you can to get yourself into a place where you feel happy and confident. And, and while there is a movement to obviously like stop shaming people that are overweight or have issues, I think, I don't think that shame should exist externally, but I think when we look at ourselves in the mirror, the true way we feel happiness is by the products we put into our body. I mean, you don't give your car, you give your car the 77 ga- uh, unleaded gasoline or whatever. You give it what it asks for. You got to give it an oil change. You got to give these things. If you if you, if you you gave that car shittier gasoline, it's not going to fire properly. It's going to mess the car up. Yet with our body, we do that all the time with food. And I get it. I'm not blaming anybody. I've talked about this endlessly. The idea that the corn syrup is put into everything and we crave this and we crave that. Our addictions are through the roof. I talk about this on the uh, Weird AF News uh, podcast I'm releasing next after this. That I talk about the uh, that on the Patreon, that is. It'll be released on the Patreon. About how, you know, it's not it's not necessarily our fault about the addictions we've been given from parents that didn't understand the food pyramid. The food pyramid was a joke, right? They, all they wanted was you to have milk and carbs. So what are you doing? You know what I mean? It's a joke. So the idea of like feeding the highest version of yourself, it's part of that's getting to whatever form of working out that's going to make you feel good. Okay, whether it's you love swimming because you're alone in the lane and so you find a place to go swimming. You love class pass because you can try different classes, do that. You love intramural kickball, whatever it may be, pay yourself first. So if you're really busy and maybe you got kids, you got you got a career, all these other things, find a way to pay yourself first to invest in yourself and invest in your body. I don't mean you got to be at the gym 40 hours a week kissing your biceps looking at the mirror, being all, you know, TikTok squats, but maybe you enjoy that. I don't know, whatever you want to do. The point being, find a hobby that creates that dopamine and creates that sexiness because that energy you can't fake when you walk into a room, when you walk into a setting. So um, we live in a world where, you know, I would say for the most part, we still live in a society where like men are doing all the hitting on women, but I th- like, you know, the first move they say, but the true first move is the aura that you create, the eye contact, that subtle, what, you know, je ne sais quoi, you know, the thing, what is it that you create that's going to turn heads in that aura, that chi, that all the terms that basically describe your energy level will improve the more you invest in yourself. Again, find a way to do that. That's not going to hate yourself for who you were yesterday or the day before. If you have 10 years of bad eating, just realize you're not going to benefit from that. You probably wouldn't let your kids eat that way, you know? We live in a society where it's nothing but big gulps and it's just it's you know, it's cheaper to get a McDonald's than it is to eat healthy. Find a way to make it work. Find a way to make the food you put in your body be the highest level of energy because, of, and I also put it this way, it's not even like about appearances. When you eat too much sugar, you're just like, those are fireworks of energy. It's quick energy and then you're like dull afterwards. It's like, eat a milkshake and then try to stay awake afterwards. Oh my gosh. Now in my 30s, if I have a milkshake, I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel. I can't drink that in the car. 
So the idea, so anyway, so that's the body. You got to take care of your body. You got to, you got to, you, you'll, you'll find that you're just way more intense, more focused, more uh, whatever it is you want to be. Now, you don't want to be anything other than your authentic self. So when it comes to like the question of like, give me dating advice, you got to love what you do. So my dating advice wouldn't be go get a job at a batting cage if you want to bang baseball players. Now, that's actually not bad advice. But the point is, is a baseball player isn't going to want you because you work at the batting cage, but he might enjoy... Uh, that's, that's it. Let's, let's retract from that stupid analogy. The point is, is how do you create a... How do you create a stage to meet people? It's that old like Hitch thing, right? In the movie Hitch, like Will Smith would create scenarios where people would meet. You're not supposed to hit on people at the gym. You're not supposed to hit on a barista. You're not, spo- you know, you're not supposed to hit on people at places of work. Yet we live in a society where everybody's work is like their main thing, you know? So like I, I'm a comic. All the comics I know are like, oh, don't date a comedian because everyone's dated a comedian. It always ends poorly until it ends well i mean it's like any relationship the only difference is in a normal relationship when you break up with someone you don't have to see them at a bunch of clubs and bars the rest of your eternity and as a comic you see the same people over and over so it's the old don't shit where you eat i get that i get that but when it comes to you know the here so here's the here's the sort of uh crux with the law of attraction you will attract somebody else when you're not looking so how can you fill your life with so much fun things? And that doesn't mean like you're overwhelmed. Like you like doing yoga. You like going on hikes. You go to this, these different restaurants to try because you love uh, charcuterie boards, whatever the case may be. You start filling your life with that love and that positive energy and that, those things that you want. The, 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 you'll, you will be shocked and who hustles hustles themselves down to be to talk to you. Now, there's plenty of scenarios. I remember this one time in New York City. It's, it's really funny because I wax poetic about it. It was just a simple moment where like there was this, I, I got to the bar and there was somebody leaving the bar and I, I made like intense eye contact. This is years ago. Right? I made intense eye contact with this lady. Uh, you know, we're in, my, we're in our 20s or something. And it was one of those, like, I was looking at her. She was looking at me. We probably thought we knew each other because it was one of those, like, two souls passing. And I was like, where are you? I was like, where are you going? <laughs> I never, it was the first thing I said. I was like, where are you going? And she was like, I'm leaving. I got to go. And it, it was like a conversation between, like, if someone overheard that conversation, they would have thought we were dating. She was like, I got to go. I was like, well, I, but I just got, I just got here. Like, why are you leaving? Like, we should we should be talking or something. You know, you're, you're going to regret that. She was like walking away. I was like, you're going to regret this. I think she gave me your number. I don't, I don't know what happened. The point was in that scenario, there was a real connection. And again, she could have flicked me off and walked away. She was like drawn to it as well. It was one of those, it was like, it was interesting. And I don't know. It was just me. We were both in the right mood. It was early in the night. We weren't even, I wasn't even drunk. That was the funny part. I was like, I'm so, I am so naturally timid with those situations, but I've been the guy hands down that has let a girl like that walk away. And then I'm like, what the hell, Dave? Why didn't you just say hi? What, what did you have to lose? And I've also been the guy that's watched my friends make that move. And I've realized I need to step up my game to approach, hold on, I'm going to cough, to approach a situation so I don't regret it. Now we do live in a society. I think where men are, where the onus is on men to make that move more than, more than not. But as a women, woman, I would say 
and again, this sounds so sexist, but I think we can all agree that for the most part, I talked to Tasha, I was like, have you ever been A, rejected, and B, have you ever even hit on someone before? She's like, I smile at them, and I'm like, exactly. So the key to, the, so let assuming there's potential suitors in your in your in your in your viewpoint assuming you're at a you're mingling somewhere where there's other potential single people everyone's kind of standing around holding a drink pretending to talk to their friend but everyone's kind of like looking to see where someone else is i know the game i love the game right what do you do i'll tell you what you don't do you don't go you don't go sit in a in the in the the comfy seats in the back of the bar you got to be where the game you got to be where the mosh pit of dating is happening. You got to be near the bar so that if a guy wants to walk up and get a drink, there's a spark for a conversation. You got to be floating around the bar, the jukebox. You got to be they used to give advice like like for the men to go hang out near the women's bathrooms. That's creepy. But if there's say like um uh you know like the the bar is a great example. Like find a way to be within proximity of a conversation starting. Um you don't drink you got to find a location that's not super high pressure. Like, yeah, you might meet somebody at a concert. You might meet somebody at some loud bar. You, there's plenty. Like, you can meet somebody anywhere. But you, you have. But finding a place that that will provide room for that mingling. Like, if if every conversation you ever had was at was at an intersection where you were waiting for the lights to change, you would. That's not enough time to nurture anything. You need to be somewhere where there's like ample. Uh, free time for that jazz to happen. Jazz is the notes that are played between the written notes. So dating and find and meeting someone is like the notes that are played in those situations where other things are going on. It's a nice kind of like, like a where, like where's the conversation starter? So it, that all kind of comes on an individual basis. If you live in a city. Best case scenario, obviously during a pandemic, that makes it the hardest. But there's plenty of things you can do during a pandemic that are outside. If you have a dog, of course, a dog park, it's like kind of genius or any sort of park. If you're a, if you're a woman with a dog, a guy will approach you probably every left turn if you're just finding places that are like out and about and, and you know, this and that. Likewise, if for a single guy with a dog, I mean, if a woman's into you, oh my gosh, let me see your dog. So just understand, it's not just the dog. That's just the avenue for the conversation to happen. So shark tank it. Find a way to up your value. And that doesn't mean in a fake way. Literally, you, like, I, like I've said this before with, with past jobs that I had that I didn't like. I wasn't, I was barely worth minimum wage. I was a minimum wage employee. And then, and then I was paid as such and I performed as such. And you need to decide in your dating world, are you a minimum wage employee or are you the CEO of your business? That your business being your love life and who you want to spend the rest of your life with. Do you have a product that you're going to bring to Shark Tank and know whether they buy it or not, that you'll be successful when you walk out those doors. And in some cases on Shark Tank, you show up, you don't like the deal they want to give you, and you walk away because you know you've got everything it takes to succeed on your own. So the question I ask you guys that are listening specifically for quote-unquote dating advice is, what lies are you telling yourself that you need to address? And what are you willing to do to make a change? The odds are stacked against you in the short term. You'll 
find that there's plenty of things that want to pull you to a sedentary lifestyle, that want to pull you to the safety. But what are you going to do to stick your neck out there, mingle where those conversations are happening, and, and again, it doesn't mean you can't do social media. By all means, if you want to talk about um, social media and online dating, it's not rocket science to see from somebody's five or ten photos how much fun they're having in life. And it doesn't mean, like, if, if you're, like, a girl with a nice yoga body or whatever, you're going to find guys that just want to bang you. Absolutely. You're going to find guys that just want one thing and they'll say whatever they can to get that. And I think the key is, is give guys an ultimatum, but not, not like a, you know, either wait a month to bang me or you go. No, give them a out if they're just looking for a quick score. Give them an out um, and see, see the ones that stick around. There's plenty of guys that will hit it and quit it. And then there's plenty of guys that will that would hit it and quit it, but they would also fight for you. So if you make them fight for you, you kind of, you kind of raise your perceived value. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be sex positive and do whatever you want to do by all means, but there's something to be said about the relationships that work that, that started as friendships because there was no exchange of body. There was no exchange of like, um, I, my, you know, you know, my primitive self wants this. It's two people coming together to be friends, to enjoy each other's company, you know? a lover for the end of the world. And so that happens and that's an option for people. Now, now I shouldn't say that means put a guy in the friend zone, but you, you can say, Hey, you know, I've got these certain boundaries and things I like to do and I need you to respect them. And if a guy can't respect your simple boundaries, he won't respect any bigger ones that come along. So one way to sort of weed out red flags is to give a couple you know, kind of test boundaries to start that people have talked about. Test boundaries being like, um, you know, like I'm not going to sleep with you right away. I like you, but I just feel like that's not what I do or I am going to sleep with you, whatever the case may be. You know, you got to you gotta look inward and decide what it is you really want and then realize the quickest way to get there is is first being honest with yourself because you can't fix a, a problem if you don't, if you can't properly address it. So, you know, we all do this where we go, look, like for like in New York, like I was, I had a girl that ghosted on me and I, you know, I do a whole bit about ghostings, like a marketing campaign It's when your products, it's when your marketing's better than the product you sell. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, the sham wow ghostings when you get sham wowed, when you like, you, you know, you sell some great idea. Then after you hook up, they're like, eh, I don't really like this idea anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, try a different product. And that's kind of what ghosting is to a point. And after this girl ghosted on me, I realized, oh, she was like, I was like, you know, 27, she's probably 25, but I was like, oh, she's at the age where she's like trying to settle down. And I'm not saying all 25 year olds are trying to settle down, but in this case, she was like looking for her guy. The sex was good. The sex was great. We had a really passionate, like beginning of our hooking up and we actually did it kind of right. We like, we met randomly. We probably texted and talked back and forth for over a month before we actually like got to see each other. But then, then like the th- like the the things were good, and then one night you just see goodbye in her eyes. You know the Zach Brown song. I saw goodbye in her eyes, and you realize, oh, like something like something was off. And then she ended up like ghosting me, and I finally called her out on it after like weeks of not hearing from her. And I was like, geez, give me a proper send off. Like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Um, and then and then we talked, and 
And she was like, it just wasn't it. She knew I wasn't it. And she wasn't wrong. Like, I probably would have wanted to make it work, but she wasn't wrong. So it was almost a gift that she gave me to move on. I think about that every so often because I go, well, it's almost like in a lot of relationships, you, you don't even necessarily want someone forever, but you want them for right now. And when someone else decides it's not working for them, that can be kind of like a a, a, a thing where you go, well, you know, I just wasn't ready for, to make that choice on my own. So in your life, find out how to make that choice. Find out how to make that choice about what you want. Not necessarily like you got to have the perfect look of what you want, but really, really explore what you want. Find a way to give that to yourself. Um, my next episode, my next, um, the next video next week, because as you guys know, I'm going away. I interviewed Emily Moines. We talked um, at great length about, well, I got to get out of here. Hey, shout out to Annalisa Molina for pledging $8 on the Patreon. Thanks so much. I talked to Emily Moines, uh, Blake, Blake's mom, he's on The Bachelorette, about um, abusive, um, I know I said this earlier, abusive um, financial abuse. And the fact that like her husband, her second husband was the breadwinner and she had no control of her finances and like she, she had no power to make decisions. And so what's important for people out there is to like get control, find a job you love, find a world you love, pursue the life you love and somebody else will, will literally be running out the door to say hi to you because they are not going to want to let you slip away. Let me know what you guys think about this. I appreciate everyone who's listened to this and watched on Patreon. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon members. You guys have blown me away. Our Patreon is up to, I think, 100 and, you know, we just kind of like floated around at 20 for so long. It's up to 136 members. Thank you guys so much out there. And everyone who's listening um, on the SAP podcast, I appreciate your loyalty for sticking with me. I know it's been tough this whole year with the pandemic and the last couple of months with my move about doing a regular upload schedule. I appreciate everyone sticking around and all right, that'll be it folks. I'll see you guys later. Have a good one and just keep remember, invest in yourself. All right. Bye now.